Hello, everybody. Welcome to Nomenclature. I am your host, Brandon Henderson, and I'm very excited for you to be here. My guest today is Rodney Norman. Rodney Norman. What can I say about Rodney? He's a friend of mine. He's a fantastic fella. If you are unfamiliar with Rodney, let me help you understand him a little bit more. If you have ever seen a movie with a wizard, you might know Rodney a bit. If you have ever seen a movie where there was a very disheveled, hard to understand pirate, you may know Rodney just a little bit. If you've ever seen a film with a homeless person that is talking to a brick wall, you may know Rodney just a little bit. If you've ever seen a film where a Vietnam vet has been home for decades, but saw just a little too much and that set him on a path uh, of unpredictability, you may know Rodney just a little bit and uh, put that all in a big soup and make him funny. And there you go. Now we all know. And I absolutely love Mr. Rodney Norman. Rodney uh, chose the word jouissance to discuss um, because he'll fake you out and pretend like he's, uh, you know, uh, uh, hearing spirits uh, and or the voices of his ancestors um, and or his own voices in his head uh, and or the voices in your head. But he is a very, very smart person. And we talked about this word because it has to do with philosophy and he uh, quite enjoys that sort of thing. And I quite enjoyed uh, learning about this word. Um, and, uh, Rodney, uh, has been a standup for, uh, you know, probably a few millennia uh, back when there were dragons, he was killing dragons with jokes and, uh, he's, he's a hilarious person. He became internet famous over the pandemic. He put out a video that went viral and, uh, you should find it. Um, it's like 90 seconds long. Check it out. It is very funny. And he is very funny, and I'm glad that he came on the show. And uh, I hope you enjoy this this episode. And uh, I'm looking forward to reconnecting with Rodney. I haven't seen him in a couple of years, and uh, hanging out and uh, grabbing a beer. Uh, I will drink a regular beer while he drinks a pretend beer, and it will be a fantastic time. And uh, anyway, enjoy this episode uh, of nomenclature. Uh, as we discuss jouissance, which is French, uh, so I'm told, with my very special guest, Mr. Rodney Norman. Well, how are you, my man? I'm not... Uh, I haven't talked to you in, in an age. Yeah, it's been a while. Holy cow. I think, or, uh, uh, I think our last real uh, conversation was uh, in a bar in Provo. <laughs> oh, man. Was that the last time? Which, uh, in a bar in Provo, is not only a unique sentence, but um, also <laughs> would make a, a good book for some reason. I feel like it'd be a nice novel. Yes, it would. Um. Yeah, was that uh, was it a, a velour show? Um, yeah, I think it was. It was after that velour show. We went and hung out. 
Wow, that's wild. Um, yeah, it's been a long time. That was like uh, feels like thirty years ago with the with twenty twenty behind us. But uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. year and a half, maybe two years ago. Yeah. It's so where a- where are you at right now? Uh, I'm in Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Yes. What are you doing out in Vegas? Uh, I'm uh, helping opening a new Wise Guys down here. Fantastic. So what uh, what is going on? I've I've seen all the promotions and stuff for it, but uh, that's pretty wild. Is those that do not know this uh, Wise Guys is the club in Utah. Um, there's three clubs in Utah and opening up a Las Vegas location, which is fantastic. Owned by the Keith Stubbs. Tell me, uh, tell me more about this. Um, yeah, it was a uh, project that was uh, uh, kind of handed to him that was uh, already in progress. And the, the guy who was doing it changed his mind and said, here, Keith, you ought to do this. And so uh, Keith picked it up and took it on. And uh, so uh, here we are. Uh, working on opening another comedy club. It's kind of fun. Wild. You've uh, you've done that before. Um, yes. I think I've been involved in just about every single one of his clubs. Yeah. I know. I know some of that history, but I don't know all of that history. But um, pretty crazy. I mean, especially right now, it feels like Wise Guys is one of the very few and maybe in the country it feels like one of the more premier clubs that are that's running um yeah it's uh we've been fortunate with the utah uh closure standards he's been able to operate you know is it diminished capacity right yep but um now he's been able to you know maintain uh all the rules and uh stay open and uh He's selling out just about every show. Of course, it's not as hard to sell out now, but right. But yeah, no, he's uh, he's been doing uh, doing pretty well, which has uh, been good for you know Utah. Yeah, it's. Uh, I know everywhere else I've tried to book shows, they've uh, everything's got canceled or postponed or yeah, uh, completely just shut down entirely. It's been uh, it's been a little aggravating. So, yeah, it's a it's a pretty uh, pretty wild moment to say the the most obvious statement possible. Um, but I'm I'm glad you're down there uh, swinging for the fences and that uh, Keith made the obvious choice to uh, you know get down there and be the face of sex appeal in Vegas and absolutely make this, make this stuff happen, baby. That's what I am. I'm all sex appeal, baby. Don't I? Don't you and me both? We're uh, (laughs) basically pinnacle sex machines here, you and me. Um, (laughs) That's why when I try to grow my hair out, everyone gets really sad. (laughs) Um. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, I haven't talked to you since uh, you became a a world famous celebrity. Yeah, Um, I saw. uh, you know, I, I always, you know, I've, I've been f- obviously following you for a long time and I just keep seeing your, your videos pop up and I was like, yeah, Rodney, there's Rodney, you know, seeing stuff. And then, 
I don't even know when it happened where I was like, uh, I noticed uh, a slight difference in, in number of views on, on the Rodney videos and did a little digging and discovered that uh, you're, a, you're a millionaire now, a trillionaire, <laughs> and own an island and have multiple wives. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but something crazy happened. Yeah, something uh, something happened that uh, I don't know if if it's possible to be famous without and not make any money. That's what I accomplished. That's wow. that's uh, that's what's happened. So well, congratulations, I suppose. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's fun. I'm not going to complain, but it's. Uh, You know, I, uh, it's it's a weird, it's very very weird uh, situation I find myself in. Yeah, because yeah, it's uh, no, it's uh, I'm I'm excited and it's fun, but it's uh, like I said, I'm just not in a position to capitalize it, capitalize on it to uh, any degree whatsoever. Do, do you know what, actually? <laughs> now, now, now that I now that I think about it, I actually remember. So this was actually what happened when I realized that things had gone viral for you is that I was on the Facebook and somebody that I haven't talked to in 20 years from where I grew up in Canada had posted one of your videos and was like, I love this guy. He's hilarious. And a bunch of people that I'd grown up with were making all these comments and... Uh, th I think that's what actually triggered it was that you'd you'd broken the uh, the border barrier and you went all the way into Canada, and these uh, these people that I haven't talked to in forever were suddenly singing your praises and uh, pretty pretty wild stuff. So was it? It was the it was that one video. It was like uh, like a minute and twenty seconds. It's a short video, yes, that sort of took uh, off and then everything's gone from there. Yeah, the first one is like a minute seven seconds. <laughs> oh man which is fantastic yeah the internet and it wasn't, yes and the i mean the odd thing about it was it wasn't something i planned it's not like i sure. sat down and wrote it out it was just a response to uh another comedian's uh smart ass comment <laughs> question so i made a smart ass uh comment answer to his yeah. stupid question and that's what came with that video that's how that video got uh made it was in a i was a, it was waiting for my wife to get ready to leave we were flying back to utah and we were head, getting ready to head to the airport and uh i'm just kind of standing outside the car staring at facebook and he asked his dumb question about hey can anybody explain to me what, uh, what's going on nobody seems to have an opinion uh, which is, you know, a great a great thing to post uh, anytime during 2020. And uh, so I made my response. I posted it, and I thought it was so stupid that I I went ahead and posted it to uh, as a regular post. And then next thing I know, by the time we landed uh, in Utah, it was like over a hundred thousand, and just started nice. climbing from there. So that, that it was fast, crazy. Huh? Yeah, I just, I mean, it just took off for whatever reason. It just, it just launched. That's wild. It delights me. It makes me very, very happy um, because I, you know, I know of you as, as being hilarious and fantastic. And so 
it's a, a wonderful thing for me to see. Um, and just uh, pretty crazy and hilarious that it came in that specific form. That yes. sort of like <laughs> that that sort of character that uh, that you put on. It, it makes me really happy that it was that one. That yeah, sort of made of all, the of all the things, uh, that's the one. Uh, I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not disappointed in it at all. <laughs> Oh man, that's well, really the funniest thing to me is that so many people really believe that to be a real person. Oh, I bet. And I got a ton of uh, private messages from professional uh, <laughs> mental health experts asking if I was getting the appropriate attention. Uh, uh, and, of course, you did. It was uh, it was rather <laughs> extraordinary. I, I and then you know. It, it, and then I had then when people found out that it wasn't that it was a character, yeah, they got mad at me. Oh no! I have this deep connection with this person, and it's not real. And it's like, well, guess what? Most of your relationships probably aren't real. Yeah, yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, yeah, your mom doesn't love you, and <laughs> your wife is cheating on you. It's all a facade. Yeah. Oh man, that's fantastic honestly you should have taken one of the therapists up on it and recorded that <laughs> I, thought, I thought about it that probably would have gone viral as well it's so funny i was um i was having uh so so the episode of the, of uh my podcast that came out today is with uh jason collins uh who's just a, a gem of a fellow and uh we were just we were chatting on the phone today i was talking to him about um he was telling me about how he got the Tonight Show, uh -huh. and 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 it's a banana story, which you can you know people should look up online that you can see him talk about. But it was it was true. It was like day of, like he he knew he he had he had quote unquote gotten it. Like they put him on the list. This was during the Jay Leno days, and uh -huh. and then like six months went by and all this stuff was happening, and he never heard, and he kind of figured he was never going to get it, and he came in from a run. And got a phone call and said, you need to be at the Tonight Show in 45 minutes. Oh, wow. And like took a shower and ran straight there and did it. And uh, we were just talking about it and how crazy that was. Um, but then just how, I think that was 2013, he said. But just how wildly different the landscape is now. You know? It, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it used to be if you did the Tonight Show, your career was made. Yeah, I mean, even even then, comparatively, it was um, yeah, it was still carried a lot of weight. It, it carried some weight, but you know, the, obviously, the Johnny days—that was you basically became a millionaire if you did the Tonight Show. Yeah. Um, whereas now, I'm I'm not sure any of my children know what the Tonight Show is. Yeah. Now, now it's uh, it's right up there with uh, uh, you know, you did a you you once did a commercial and the you were in the background player in a Taco Bell commercial and that carries about as much weight as the Tonight Show does anymore. Which is a bummer. Like in my mind, like still, I, 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 it would be a dream come true to do. It would be a magical thing to this day for me, but I don't know. That's just because I grew up it's with still, the thing. It's still a great credit. It's still uh, pretty cool, but at the same time, it just, just does not have the impact. I mean, now if no. you go viral on TikTok, that'll get you more 
coverage right. than the Tonight Show ever will. Yeah, I mean the th- <laughs> the things people become famous for. Um, sometimes it's it's almost really unfortunate, and probably they wish it had never ever happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, sure. I, uh, I honestly, I would it would be phenomenal, and it won't ever happen for I mean one because of my lack of talent, but two because he's <laughs> his show is going off. But there, but Conan, I feel like is like like the last bastion. I I love. Conan Conan's like he's been on for such a long time all this weirdness when he was on uh, late nights and that would be maybe as far as what's existing now is sort of part of the older guard that I would find uh, pretty magical still yeah yeah but that's that's going away soon but um, I uh, I appreciate you taking the time to jump on my uh, silly word podcast well, I'm um, delighted. I uh, I have fun with this, and um, so you chose. Uh, I'm probably going to say this wrong, so please correct me. And I know you do philosophy stuff, so this is going to be hard for me. I was reading <laughs> a lot on it; it made me think too much, and it that that's hard for me. But first of <laughs> all, uh, so is it jouissance? Uh, yeah, I believe you said it correct. Yeah, did I say it right? I I made Google tell me. Um. But before we get into that, the thing that I always do with my guests is I do a little research on their name, and I'll tell you a little bit about that. You probably know a bunch of that, but uh, I do a little bit of research on people's names, and then then we'll get into the word. So I actually chose Rodney because I feel like I did – so I did Mark Norman, and Uh it's very – it's just like the Normans, at least that as I remember. So I'm going to do Rodney this time. So how much do you know about the old uh, Rodney, the origin of your name? Um, well, I know that uh, my father was influenced by the cartoon The Wizard of It. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, that's, a, uh, wait, that's the guy... I honestly, from the Capitol riot, it made me think of it's got the guy with the, the tall pants and the Viking horns, right? Uh, no, he's just in chain mail. Chain he's, mail. A, he's like a knight in the Wizard of Id. Okay, maybe I'm it's an old wrong. cartoon that uh, be amazed if anybody remembers it. Um, and then of course, uh, I think I looked up the or the, the 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 origin of the name Rodney, and I believe it's a uh, a British. It comes from uh, from Britain, and it means a a clearing, uh, something akin to a meadow. I that that may be one of and them. And the other one was a robber, a, a thief. Oh well, that that seems more apt. Um, but uh yeah i mean so i don't know about the thief thing but what i i found is that uh so originally it's a a toponym so basically just like from a place so rodney stoke in somerset um in england so and it was derived from an anglo-saxon name meaning rhoda's island which is a specific location um, and was first used as a given name in the 18th century. Uh, it was given to a British admiral, Lord Rodney, which uh, 
when we're alone is what I call you. Um, as everyone and, should. As everyone should. And then uh, a little bit of interesting stuff was um, in terms of popularity of your name was um, the most popular it got was in 1965. It was at number 33 uh, on the charts in the U.S. for most popular Ooh. name. But man, has it plummeted since? Yes, um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's now like it's it's just way the hell down. It's just so far down. Pe people don't even know it's a name anymore. Um, but it's 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 gone down some. So did you did you grow up with Rodney's? With other Rodney's? Um, no, I did not find very many Rodney's, especially in my age group. Um. The only Rodneys I really knew growing up was uh, Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. Um, I hear he was good at comedy. He was. Uh, yes, he was. <laughs> uh, did you ever uh, have the chance to meet Rodney Dangerfield? No, I did not. And uh, I am still saddened to this day. Yeah, he was uh, gone, uh, gone a little too soon, that one. Um, yeah. So uh, there's your there's your four one one on the uh, which is also a very old ref, uh, thing to say uh, that doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. Um, really, four one one Rodney. I mean, maybe it's a thing. I mean, I, I imagine I could probably dial four one one, but I don't know that it would be necessary just, anymore. It's probably just a recording that says, "Please Google it." <laughs> Like, what is wrong with you? How old are you? Yeah, yeah, Do you need medical attention? Because clearly, please, if this is the thing you're doing, you are too old. Um, okay, so tell me, jouissance, why did we select this word other than to make me look stupid? Well, it's one of my favorite words because it's, uh, it's about finding pleasure in intellectual pursuits. Okay. So... I know that like, okay, for, first of all, to back up, I, I know that philosophy is, is a thing of yours. <laughs> I, I think that you said you went to school for philosophy. Am I correct in remembering that? Yes, that is correct. Okay. So did like a bachelor's in philosophy? Yes. Um, and then it's just, you've just enjoyed it since, because I'm guessing you've not made any money whatsoever. I've made absolutely no money at off all. Off of philosophy off of philosophy i mean other than comedy now which it, it, you know it's it can't be no returns at this point your book your book in clubs and touring and i mean when it's well you know not threatening well, you death. Know, the, the character i play a lot of the videos i do are are based uh on philosophy and psychology and physics and uh uh you know science and yeah. so, uh, so that's the fun part to me is, you know, I'm, I'm basically espousing uh, various philosophies, uh, but by not saying it's philosophy, people will actually listen to it. Yeah. You got to trick and, them. Yeah. Well, and that's, uh, that's actually kind of how it's worked because people have said, uh, have told me that, uh, my character in the videos has sparked in them a desire to learn philosophy. Well, that's cool. Um, and then they start reading they, it, and they're like, "Never mind." Well, the well, the, the, the people realize that there are there are some actually pretty cool philosophies. Most of most of the philosophy is just 
uh, pointless nonsense garbage. Sure. Um, which is what, you know, confuses and scares people because it's like, I, I can't understand what the hell this guy's even talking about. And uh, when you realize that, no, he didn't know what he was talking about. And the only reason everybody agreed and said, hey, this guy's a genius um, is because we couldn't understand what he was saying. So we assumed he was so intelligent that he's more intelligent than us. And so we're just going to say he's a genius because it makes us look smarter if we think we if we know what he's saying, uh, even though uh, we don't know what he's saying. But if everybody else thinks we know what he's saying, then they think we're a genius, too. Yes. And that yeah. is, and you might be saying, are you speaking to about a philosopher in particular? Uh, no, that pretty much applies to most of them. Yeah. Well, it also applies to teenagers, I've discovered. <laughs> because <laughs> I, I've discovered recently, I, I had an argument with the 14-year-old about where we live in Park City, Utah, which is at 7,000 feet above sea level. And it is January and it's very cold. And he was going skiing and I had to argue with him to wear a jacket. Um, and his argument was, well, no one else wears a jacket. And I, I realize how old I sound when I'm talking, but I can't help myself. <laughs> He's saying everyone else will not be wearing a jacket. And I said, well, those people are stupid um, because the colder it gets, the more clothing you should have, not the less clothing you should have. And he was so adamant about not wearing clothing that I started to feel stupid. And then I started to feel confused and questioning myself and saying, are the laws of, of nature, um, as I understand them, completely wrong? And do I have to question everything going forward? And um, anyway, yeah, philosophy. It feels <laughs> the same. <laughs> it feels the same. Um, but I, uh, I, the, I, I am happy to, um, to have dove into this um, word a little bit. Um, so from an etymology standpoint, we are, um, do you have any guesses on on a rough date, a rough century rather? I'm, I'm going to go with probably the 13th century and I believe to be French. Definitely. Yeah, definitely old, old French. Uh, what I've got is late 15th century. 15th. Okay. But, you know, what the hell do I know? But that's what I've gotten. Um, and, uh, what is interesting about this? So I have some very mild, uh, familiarity with the pleasure principle. Mm -hmm. And this apparently is, uh, Jacques Lacan. Is that how I say his last name? Mm -hmm. I, I did take a philosophy class in college and it made me sad. So there's like, there's some, see, here's the thing again, I'm just very slow. And so I like reading a lot. There's something about, and I like the ideas of philosophers a lot. I like thinking about the ideas. It's just sometimes the way, like some of the French, I don't know if it's just cause it's translated and, and the way that it's written in English confuses me a lot or mm -hmm. what, but I like the ideas, but I don't like reading the actual writing of these guys. It can, it just, it, it's too much. It's too, uh, it's too heavy yeah, you, or something. You just have to think of it that uh, philosophers are horrible with punctuation and that most of it's just one really long run on sentence. Yes. Which as a, um, uh, an equally um, not money-making degree person, 
that has, you know, degrees in writing and, you know, creative writing, this, this drives me crazy. So, um, so, okay. So jouissance. So there's the pleasure principle, which please explain it to, to the, the people at home. First of all, I, well, first of all, I, I will, I won't throw that all on you. I will do my very bad job of trying to explain it. It's this idea of like, um, of, of sort of like a natural desire to achieve maximum pleasure period. Yes. I know it's a simple, it's an extreme simplification, but is that roughly right? Well, yes. And it, uh, it has been, uh, I mean, the, the original idea was, uh, it was called hedonism, but hedonism has become something that, uh, means very, something very different than what it was intended originally. Okay. What is it? What was it originally? Now to more, well, hedonism now, of course, you know, when you say something's very hedonistic, it sounds basically that you're just succumbing to your physical desires and you're just you know uh very lustful and you're just uh gluttony and lust and all those kinds of things yeah but the original idea of hedonism was that um the ultimate goal of life was to uh experience pleasure but the idea of pleasure was intended at the time you know, to be intellectual pursuits, um, to listen to good music, to enjoy good company, enjoy good conversation, enjoy the best of food that was available. It really wasn't about uh, just, you know, fulfilling all your physical desires. It was about pursuing the good life. It was about finding joy and happiness in intellectual pursuits. Gotcha. So it was, it was more of a, a well-rounded idea yes, it, of, of pleasure. I mean, to think of it, it's, it's more of like a, think of it as a, uh, a club of, of intellectuals who get together and enjoy good food and listen to good music in a nice club rather than uh, uh, a strip club on the Vegas in Las Vegas. So, I mean, it's a true gentleman's club gentlemen and gentle women's club versus what we think of now as a gentleman's club, which is anything but gentlemanly. I, uh, I, uh, first of all, I need to, to be, I don't know what strip clubs you're going to in, in Vegas, but <laughs> they, I think every strip club is, is maybe the worst thing in the world. Um, I, yeah. I haven't been, I haven't been to many, but I have been to a couple and, um, they, are filthy and disgusting and terrifying me. And uh, I may or may not have had a lap dance purchased for me once. Um, <laughs> and uh, all I could do the whole time was ask the girl uh, what she was doing uh, in college and if her parents <laughs> lived close. <laughs> I was like, do you see your parents often? What are you studying? Oh, English. That's cool. Me too. Do you, what's your favorite book? Um, it's not something I can get into. Um, okay, so, uh, and I'll also have to say, like, the modern uh, sense of what hedonism is, I feel like the older I get, like, just giving in to my lustful desires would just be napping <laughs> all day long. Well, see, now that would be a that would be an intellectual pleasure. Okay, napping so is an intellectual nap pleasure. Yeah. Okay. Taking a nap is a is an intellectual pleasure. Taking I a nap and sending my kids outside to play. Um. Okay, so 
the pleasure principle. So it's more well-rounded sense of, of pleasure, intellectual pleasure, maybe some physical pleasure, but not necessarily to, to excess. Exactly. How, so, but when we get into, it's not, so, it's not a lustful thing. It's not a lustful thing. It's a, it's a, it's a maximizing yes. pleasure to, you know, to a certain point. Whereas when I was reading about Jouissance, uh, what I was learning is that the idea of this can potentially go, okay, so it's, it's talking about transgressing the pleasure principle and going beyond it and that it's not more pleasure, but it actually becomes pain at a certain point. Ah, and then a- there's the painful principle, which uh, I learned in my divorce. Am I right? High five. Um <laughs> <laughs> and it was just too much pleasure. It went so it became so pleasurable that it started to hurt. Um, and then the thing I have to ask you, okay, so what's this deal? Especially, I feel like it's maybe this like group of philosophers, like from Freud through this sort of era. Mm-hmm. It's all about penises. Why? What's with the penises? So essentially, so suddenly, I'm reading. I'm like, interesting, interesting. And then Lacan considered that jouissance is essentially phallic meaning that it does not relate to the other as such. Um, why the penises all the, all the time with these? Well, it's, it, I mean, it really, it comes down to um, that every decision that you make, at least from that perspective, um, is that every, every decision you make is either uh, with the intent of avoiding pain or obtaining pleasure. Every decision that you make is based on one of on those two things. And that most of our, but the, the avoiding pain is a greater motivation than obtaining pleasure. Okay. And so we fixate on, you know, because our, you know, through evolution, uh, we're, we, that which brings us the most attention, the most concern is something that will want to kill us or destroy us or harm us. And so that always takes more of our attention. And so it's something that our psyche or, you know, our subconscious is more focused on than obtaining pleasure because pleasure is something that you obtain when you're not in danger. But if you're always in danger, then of course that's your focus. Yeah. And uh, part of that uh, you know, danger is uh, uh, not getting to have sex, which is kind of a Freudian idea. Is that you? He sort of mingled. He started mingling pleasure and pain by saying that the avoidance of uh, pleasure uh, becomes a pleasure in and of itself because it uh, attaches to that pain desire or the desire to avoid pain. But once we experience pain um, and we embrace the pain, uh, we start to like the pain, and therefore the pain becomes a pleasure. Because pleasure is always a fleeting thing, but pain is something you can always experience. And uh, and by controlling the pain, uh, you can actually overcome the pain. Okay. And so that's, that's why there was that focus by by Freud and others. Is that is that pain was the greater motivation, and the greater the greater thing to be uh, overcome versus pleasure, and then then it uh, like I said then it, it itself becomes the pleasure. 
Okay. Did I explain so, that? Well I, yes. <laughs> I, I mean, for, first of all, there's so much to unpack. I mean, for, first of all, I have, I've had a few girlfriends in the past that I feel like subscribe to this sort of concept, but I, so I get the, I get the, like, so, so when you swing over to pain and controlling the pain, why is the penis still involved? <laughs> I'm still stuck on the penis. Why is it? Why is, why is that the universal? It's like a, it's like, I see like a barometer, you know, with like the needle, but it's a penis and it's like on the one side, it's, it's the pleasure thing. And then it starts to like, it's like a, like a gas tank that goes down. And like when it gets to red and it's on empty, the penis points towards the, the empty. Why is the penis still involved on the pain part? Why not just like the whole body? Why not the mind? Why not the, why not well, this, this you, other pleasure principle concept of, of the whole wait. body? Why not when pain happens, the whole <laughs> well, body and mind? Well, a lot of times our pursuits of pleasure is what causes the greatest pain. Yes, I would as agree. You have, as you might have experienced. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I don't know what you're alluding to, Ronnie, but it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get involved in your past relationships, <laughs> but. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. I, I, I still don't uh, fully have my, uh, uh, my my hands wrapped around the penis, as it were. But I, uh, it, it is interesting. I mean, I get it from a personal standpoint. And sp speaking of which, though, so there's this. Okay, so this was a part that I thought was was kind of um, interesting and revealing, um, somewhat shocking to everyone. Um, there is a, a kids' table for the. Uh, female version of this um, because of course everything's got to be phallic and then it's like oh yeah but ladies are included as well so um, so he introduced so Lacan again introduced this idea of feminine jouissance you, you know you know of this uh, I'm not no I, this is uh, this is new to me so this uh, like I said I, I I went further than I was prepared to go um, so he's saying that women have, in relation to what the phallic function designates of jouissance, a supplementary jouissance, a jouissance of the body which is beyond the phallus. Look at that. This ah. feminine jouissance is ineffable, for both women and men may experience it, yet know nothing about it. Which, again, what the hell does that mean? But... Um, <laughs> It goes on. There's there's another feminist writer, and I don't know how to Helene Cixou, C I X O U S. Um, she uses the term to describe uh, a form of women's pleasure of sexual rapture that combines mental, physical, and spiritual aspects of female experience, bordering on mystical communion. Written just like a woman. Am I right, Rodney? Yes. High fives. Just kidding. Basically, that's just uh, they found a guy who uh, reminds them of a uh, romance novel that they read once. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think this is more like uh, uh, independent, again, beyond the phallus. And it's, for me, extremely believable. You sort of remove the penis and there's something much, much better. Let's be honest. Um, I don't know what it is yet. I'd like to find out. <laughs> No one has told me. I've asked many, many times. Um, but 
it's uh, it's really interesting not to like uh, dumb this down and like make this trivial, but it is interesting. This idea of pleasure, this idea of like whatever, whatever level, not just sex, but mental, emotional, whatever. It's been a very interesting to watch humanity's reaction to the last year when it comes to uh, human satisfaction. You know, yeah. we, we've become such a, a give me now society and I want it now society that when things have been taken away, it's been very interesting to see people kick and scream a little bit and how unwilling we are to go without. And yeah. uh, it, it bums me out and we're, we're probably all going to die as a species <laughs> pretty soon for that reason. It's when, 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 hey, stay at home. Uh, and uh, avoid other people uh, becomes the most horrific thing in in all of history. You realize that, wow, we're yeah. all, we're we're a really sad group of people. We are, we are the worst uh, group of people. I mean, I'm not. I can't say I'm surprised, but I mean, what one two generations ago. We had, uh, you know, grandparents and great grandparents, whatever. You'd see like four people every six months. You know, you know, there's certain groups of people that you know live out on the range or whatever it was and interacted with very, very few people. And yeah, yeah they they beat their kids and you know <laughs> shot the family dog in the mouth in front of the the four year old. But um, they were uh, they were tough a tough group of folks, and uh, we we have a hard time not being able to go to Arby's. Yeah, I'm it's, not sure uh, what to do with it. But I, I think uh, I think to some degrees, though, it's been good. I think a lot of things that people for so long we thought was really important, we realized now that they aren't important at all. Yes. You know, like the fashion industry. Um, <laughs> I mean, just so many things that we, we thought were so important. And now without them, it's like, eh. But at the same time, the things that are important are even more valuable now. Yeah. The things that we truly cherish, the things that we truly care about, all of a sudden now it's like, oh, okay, I get it. I, I agree. I mean, first I, of all. I, I hope you, to see that we come out of this less consumeristic. Man, I, I want to believe that. I don't know. I think people just transition to Amazon. Um. But I would I would love to think that. Um, first of all, you and I were way ahead of the curve on the fashion thing. We we <laughs> we said we said no on purpose. We we were like, no, we're, you guys are going to see one day. Not that we can't be fashionable. We choose not to be. Right. Um, but I think that's very true. I mean, I will say if there's anything um, that I think has been a positive over the past whatever. 800 years that we've been doing this thing. Um, we have spent more time together as a family doing really simple things than I think we have in the, in the past 15 years. You know, I, I, I feel like we have, um, you know, I've spent so much more time with my kids, you know, playing games, you know, working on schoolwork <laughs> yards or doing just doing things. And we've, you know, when we've taken quote unquote trips 
you know, because we've been forced to instead of going to L.A. or going to wherever we go, you know, two hours away into the into the woods or something into a place we've never been and, you know, uh, take hikes and ride ATVs and just do stuff that's a little bit more simple. Yeah. And it's it's been it's been wonderful from that perspective. Yeah, I think we all, you know, we've been forced to just, you know, stop and slow down a little bit, which uh, I don't think is a bad thing. No. Um, of course, you know, uh, falling into uh, complete financial ruin and uh, losing my business, that wasn't fun. Oh, no, I didn't know this. Uh, oh, yeah, we had a business that we were... Um, Basically, we just shut it down because uh, the, the whole industry just got basically uh, derailed. Oh, man, dude, and, I'm I'm sorry, I didn't know that. Oh no, no, I mean it's just, but at the same time, it's like, well, okay, it's forced. It, we've been wanting to get out of it for quite some time anyway, but you know the money was good, so well, you want to get out of it in a different way. Yeah, you know, so you, you know, so we were going along and and. Uh, it's kind of funny because uh, this whole internet uh, fame thing sort of kind of coincided with as our as our uh, our business uh, completely collapsed. I started becoming famous on on the, you know on the internet. So there was sort of this weird conjecture of really cool things and at the same time horrible things, but at the same time having to go through the horrible things. Uh, helped inspire a lot of the videos that I made that uh, made it go even further. So, I mean, it's it's hard to sit back and say, oh, woe is me, because, I mean, I, I wouldn't have made certain videos if I wasn't already going through, uh, you know, uh, a difficult situation myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So a lot of these videos are basically talking to myself, <laughs> share with other people. And uh, I think other people seeing going, oh, hey, yeah, my life is horrible, but so is his, but he's okay. And which I, I am, you know, we're getting, I mean, we're, we're, we're getting along, we're fine, we'll, we'll recover. And, uh, and I think that's part of the message is just, you know, hey, yeah, it's horrible, but, you know, we've been through horrible things before, we can get through this. Yeah. We all can. We all have to make adjustments. You're nothing special. Well, I, uh, I know that, uh, from my perspective, um, and you know, also that I've had a couple of, uh, you've, you've seen me in a couple of moments of, of not super positivity and uh -huh. you've always been, uh, super helpful for me to think, uh, a little bit better. And, uh, I've always appreciated that. And I'm, I'm very happy to, to know that, uh, it, that's been amplified in some way on, uh, on the internets and uh, probably been, you know, positive for a uh, lots and lots of people, uh, including myself. So I think that that's uh, fantastic. And, you know, the fact that you can go and, you know, pay rent and buy bread with that internet fame is cool. And I know that it's filled that gap for you financially. So, well, um, to some degree, <laughs> no, but truly I, uh, yeah. you've always been that guy which I think is awesome that it's uh, sort of lent itself into this thing. Um, but uh, hey, thanks for thanks for taking the time to, to chat with me about uh, jouissance and making me say a French word. 
many, oh, many times. And well, as a Western Canadian, you should know that's hard. For <laughs> we don't like those. Well, yeah, I thought you're by, by default you're supposed to know French, aren't you? Oh no, not in Alberta. No, they they work work against you. They try to make you not learn French. Oh really? No, no I didn't. No, it was such no, a. I, I just grew up in a small town and. Oh okay. We we had one person that kind of knew French in the whole school, so just wasn't available. Oh. But um, <laughs> you're a fantastic person, Rodney. I I really appreciate you taking the time. And so are you. Thank you very much for having.